0: Live from the Elder Family Media Room, it's the Elder Family Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, my brother Jonah and Micah and my dad Corey.
1: What is happening people? Welcome in to the special Thanksgiving edition of the Elder Family Football Podcast. My name is Corey. We're your hosts for this special edition of EFFP, where we talk through some of the things that we're looking forward to for the upcoming weekend in high school and college football, as well as recap the pro football news of the day. Now, right now, we're in our media room, and we are watching the Cowboys play the Washington Commanders or Redskins or whatever it is that they're called. Cowboys currently hold a 20-10 to 10 lead. They're playing with their food a little bit here for some reason. I wish they'd just go ahead and snuff these guys out, but... They get the ball coming out uh, into the start of the second half to begin the third quarter and promptly go three and out. So, guys, you got any uh, any words of wisdom for the Cowboys to cheer them on so they'll do a little bit better in the second half?
0: Don't move down to the other team's pace.
1: Yeah? Joan, anything?
0: I ain't got none.
1: Yeah, I think what Mike is trying to say is do not play down to your opponent. And... Uh, they tend to do that. The Cowboys have played well. They've looked okay so far today, but once again, they're just letting the commanders kind of hang around within that two-score window, and that's always concerning for me because a couple things go the wrong way, and next thing you know, we're in a dogfight with a team that we shouldn't be in a dogfight with. So,
0: A.K.A. Prob- the Washington
1: Commanders. A.K.A. the Washington Commanders. Probably the most entertaining thing that we've seen since kickoff was that halftime show featuring Dolly Parton in a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader outfit. That was a that was a little weird. The boys were somewhat weirded out by Dolly Parton because I don't they're know
0: who that is. yeah they're
1: not super sure who she is, and I'm weirded out because it's the second time in a week that I've seen Dolly Parton be featured during a football game. The first time was Saturday during the Tennessee Georgia game where they trotted her out there to sing Rocky Top as Tennessee got their hits beat in by the best team in the nation. So who? Georgia, the Bulldogs. Georgia. Oh. oh, we're talking about
0: college. Oh, I was like NFL. Well,
1: we're talking about Dolly Parton, but uh, she had something to do with both of them. So. Anyway, moving on from Dolly and into the content of today, Cowboys game is on commercial break, so we'll jump right into um, a regional semifinal round of the Texas high school football playoffs. Got some big games coming up this week. We told you on the last episode that the old mantra in Texas high school football is that there are no turkeys left after Thanksgiving, and that's true. All the turkeys are gone, and, man, the only animal I can think to describe some of these matchups we've got coming up this weekend is dogs. There are some dogs, or some beasts, I guess you could say, that are going to be facing off this upcoming weekend. We'll start with the game that we will attend. We bought tickets a couple of days ago, uh, and thankfully we did because it's completely sold out. Jonah, go ahead and tell them. What game are we going to this weekend? We're going
0: to go watch P&G Indians versus the... uh,
1: Lake Creek Lions.
0: Lions. Uh, It's sold out, like... All, all our go going. It's gonna be really good. I think PNG is number one or three. It's the one and three seed, so it's gonna be a really good matchup. Yeah. So the
1: twelve thousand seat CE King Stadium in Sheldon sold out in less than twenty four hours for this ball game. We happen to grab our tickets. So there's gonna be twelve elders in the building uh, for this game. Friday it kicks off at four o'clock. As Jonah told us, the number one. 4A Division II team in the state, the Montgomery Lake Creek Lions with a 12 0 record, are taking on the number three 4A DT team in the state, the PNG Indians with an 11 1 record. So um, it ought to be a barn burner. What you've got is a classic battle between offense and defense. PNG is probably, in my opinion, easily the best defense in the state. They are lights out on defense, and Montgomery comes in, or Montgomery Lake Creek comes in. With an offense that, that other than Huntsville this year, who played them uh to a twenty-seven to twenty game that Lake Creek came out winning, no one else has been able to figure out Lake Creek's offense this year and slow them down pretty much at all. But, like I said, aside from that Huntsville game.
0: But as you say, PNG has a good defense. And if they have a good defense, then that the defense of that should be able
1: to figure out the offense. Yeah, I mean it's an intriguing matchup because of that. And I was listening to uh Tep and step earlier this week when they did their preview and they made an interesting point. They talked about the matchup between the defense of the Indians and the offense of the lions. And, and then they talked about how the other side of the ball for both of those guys is, is fairly average. Both teams have P and G has a decent offense or what you call a God dog. It's Sam. How? Oh man. We, why are we, why, why do we do that? Sorry. Had a little Cowboys issue here. They had Sam how trapped in the pocket, dead to rights and let him scamper for about a 13 yard run. But but uh, back to Step and Tep, they were – they were. <laughs> the boys are correcting me because I told them uh, earlier, I was giving them some tips on how to clean up the recording and asked them not to do that, but it is what it is. So, anyhow, Lake Creek's defense is average, and p offense is average, maybe a little better than average on both sides of the ball. P&G has gotten better offensively since the return of Shea Adams, who's their – I believe he was their quarterback last year. He's, he's quite the stud player, big impact player on the offensive side of the ball, who's been out for the majority of the season with a knee injury. And he returned, I believe, the last week of the regular season. They slowly brought him in. And uh, by all accounts, he's at 100% ready to roll tomorrow. So that's going to help P- their offense PNG, out a little bit. Also, PNG's band
0: performed in right. the Thanksgiving Macy's.
1: Right. That's right. The PNG that's band and in the Indianettes performed in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade today, which is cool because I'll be flying back into Houston tomorrow and coming straight from the airport to the stadium in Sheldon uh, to be at the game. So that ought to be kind of fun. Jono, we got anything else to add on this? I know you've been looking at it, uh, looking at the matchup on the Internet for the last couple of days. What are some things that you're seeing? Um, I'm not really
0: seeing anything. I'm just seeing that it's going to be a really good matchup, and I'm excited we get to go. I also know that the only reason our grandma is probably gonna go is to watch their band. Like Micah said, they have one of the best bands because they got to march in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade today. So I, I know our grandma is looking forward for that.
1: She's gonna kill you for calling her a grandma. Dee.
0: Dee. She's a
1: Dede, not a grandma. But oh, she's uh, our grandma. She is your grandma. That's right. But uh, but when you first said that, I had to go through my mind and figure out who you were talking I did when about.
0: I first said that thing, like, Wee. oh, she's old and all that. Stuff.
1: <laughs> Dee Dee, yeah. Dee going to be there with us. Pops is coming also, my dad, and then my brother Jordan, Can his, his wife. One? Yeah, go ahead. Give him the rundown.
0: Be, all right, so my Pops, my Dee, Dee my my three. Is Maddie going? Yep. All right, so my Pops, Dee, Dee Titus, Peyton, Maddie, my Uncle Jordan, my Aunt Sammy, me, Micah, Grace, and Dad and Mom.
1: Yeah, so this is old school elder I'm stuff excited. right here. We used to do this when I was a kid. It was no big deal for us to, to strike out the day after Thanksgiving and really travel just about anywhere to find a good Texas high school football playoff matchup. And um, even before you guys were born, when you, me and your mother were first married and we didn't have any kids, I would leave and go by myself. Mom really wasn't into going to football. And I remember making a round trip in one day to Waco to watch a game from when we lived in Hull, and I've been back and forth in Acdoches. And so we're getting to the age now with all you kids where y'all can um, – y'all can participate in this stuff that we've been doing for years as a family. So it's really kind of cool. And uh, like I said, we got a really good game to catch tomorrow over at Sheldon. So if you follow us on Facebook on the elder family football podcast, Facebook page, um, if you're not following us, you should be. So go find that, hit that like button or subscribe button or whatever it is that you have to do on Facebook to be able to, to be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll, if you're following us on there, we'll go live several times from the game tomorrow and do a little bit of commentary live from the stands. Uh, we'll also shoot a video. Micah would like to shoot a video to go up on our Elder Family Football Page right. YouTube channel, which we don't use too often, but uh, we can definitely put something up there. So if you're interested in what's going on between PG and Lake Creek and you can't get into the stadium, check out our uh, socials, and we'll keep you updated as we move along. Some other big-time matchups that are going on uh, this weekend that caught my eye particularly from the Southeast Texas or the Houston area. There's a triple header at NRG in Houston. Starts tomorrow at 10 a.m. with Fort Bend Hightower versus C.E. King. After that game, continues at 2 p.m. with the North Shore Mustangs versus the Cy Fair Bobcats. Now, this is an interesting matchup because Cy Fair is the team that we talked about on Sunday that beat Katie last week in the second round, and that was the first time Katie's been beat in the second round since 1991. So, CyFair has got some horses. I don't think they can hang with North Shore necessarily. But the first two games of the playoffs for North Shore have been, I would say, lackluster. I mean, they have uh, those games have been have stayed close until the fourth quarter. I believe last week's opponent, North Shore, was tied twenty-one to twenty-one with them going into the fourth, and then pulled away, ended up winning that game forty-eight to twenty-one. So uh, North Shore has shown that either a they're starting um, not as quickly. Oh, oh, good job, good play, Gilmore, good play. Stefan Gilmore knocks the ball away from uh, Terry McLaurin on the, the Scary sideline. Terry. Scary Terry on the sideline down near the goal line. It's a great play by Gilmore. But North Shore has shown, for some reason, that they have been slow starters so far this year in the playoffs. That has not typically been the case for them. So uh, maybe Cy Fair will push them a little bit tomorrow, but I do fully expect North Shore to win that game. And then at 6 p.m., probably the highlight of the day, the itasca Eagles take on Houston Lamar. And um, if you know anything, Lamar, no, that's a college. Lamar is is a college. It's the second podcast in a row row we've talked about that. But there is a Lamar High School in Houston. It's a big fourth down stop right there, baby. Get them off the field. That's what I'm talking about. Now, let's go score. Get a little bit of space here, babe. Lamar is is one of the first Houston ISD schools in in quite some time that's been competitive. Like I said, if you know anything about – Texas high school football at all. You know that HISD probably since the Vince Young era has not produced too many teams that were highly competitive, but Lamar, Lamar looks like they've got a little bit in the tank and we'll see if they can't push Atascacita and Carday Mack and uh, try to make a game out of that. Also Friday at three o'clock down in Alvin at Freedom Field, the mighty Jasper Bulldogs will take on Cuero um, in another great matchup in in. That classification, four A Division two. Um, Jasper is a team that, as we talked about them last week, they're unranked, but they seem to be hitting their stride at the right time. They're led by University of Texas A and M uh, commit Ty Anthony Smith, as uh, a linebacker and a kid that they also bring in to play quarterback in a Wildcat type formation. He's an absolute animal. He's a guy that doesn't look like he fits on the field uh, with other people in his classification. And Quero's coming off a big win over Hampshire for Ned, and they seem to be poised to make a deep run. So that also should be a great game. Continuing on Friday with bangers. I'm talking banger after banger after banger on Friday. 6 p.m. from Abe Martin Stadium in Luffman. Luffman. I'm so Lufman. used to saying Huffman, then I said Luffman. From Abe Martin Stadium in Luffkin. The Newton Eagles Lufman. will travel there and take on Harmony. Now, this is a get-back game for the Eagles. Harmony... Beat them last year, kind of surprisingly, put Newton out of the playoffs, and then Harmony went on to win the state championship. Um, this is another great matchup, Wait, Newton. Harmony, what, what division? The Harmony Eagles. This is going to be three A Division two. Did not
0: Peyton get
1: that one right? Yes, Peyton didn't get that one right. Um, Harmony really came out of nowhere last year with the first year of coach that had come We're over from. Yeah, we got to see. We see him every year, man. You'll get to see him this year when you go with us. Uh, Harmony came out of nowhere last year with a first-year head coach from Tenaha uh, that went over there and, and really just immediately changed the culture and changed the game In Harmony. Uh, they popped Newton in the chin last year and put him down, so Newton should be looking to get a little bit of revenge Friday night. No, Harmony, they wore white, and they've got uh, white helmets with, like, red eagle's wings on Pretty clean-looking uniform, honestly.
0: Mm-hmm. Like the, but the Bills. But
1: similar, but, but not. More like Oregon when they had the oh, wings no. on their helmet, more like that. Uh, continuing on into – on Friday again at, in Athens at Bruce Field at 6 p.m., the Timpson Bears and number one athlete recruit in the state, Terry Bussey, another guy that was committed AM and but decommitted after the um, Jimbo Fisher firing. Uh, they'll take on Honeygrove. Honeygrove's the team that once again came out of nowhere. They had a decent year last year. Uh, would have, I would think that, you know, going back to the beginning of the season, I don't think anybody would think that they'd still be standing right now, but they are and they'll get all that Timpson's got to give and Timpson's got a lot to give. That's a great team and a great program. Uh, so that should be a good game. Silsby will take on Belleville on Silsby. the on Friday at 7:30 at Planet Ford Stadium in Spring. This is a game that if we get to see Silsby when we go to the Texas High School. They're going to have to win, but they they could be there. They're number 2 in the state right now. They're the Silsby is the team that's between Lake Creek and PNG.
0: Yeah. Right now. It's standing. So
1: they're number 2. So um Silsby takes on the Belleville Brahmas or Brahmas, however you want to say that. Belleville's another team that's pretty good. Silsby we've seen. We saw them play Huffman. Um, they have had some injury issues coming up the last couple of weeks with some of their big-time players, but supposedly everyone's healthy and ready to go. Friday the 24th in Tyler at Rose Stadium at 1.30 p.m., the Garrison Bulldogs will take on Cooper. Uh, Garrison had a big win last week, and uh, um, I'm blanking on who they played. Um, Oh, Lord. Maybe Beckville. I don't know. I have to go back. Apologize. I didn't do any preview uh, reading on the Garrison game. But I say all that to say Garrison is another team that has surprised some folks out of nowhere. Uh, They're continuing to play and playing very, very well. So, it'll be interesting. Dak goes deep. Got him, Coach. Oh, he dropped it. Big catch by the tight end, and he dropped it, dude. But it was a tough throw. Dak was a little high on the ball. Uh, Ferguson had to go up in the air to try to get his hands on it, and he did. I and thought he caught the ball.
0: That, what's your, what's I thought your, he uh, caught
1: the ball. Then he hits the ground. Guy yanked him by his head. Um, Should well, he actually, head? no, he didn't catch it. He didn't finish the catch. Nonetheless, good try, good athletic play by by uh, eighty seven Ferguson. Did you see
0: know
1: how high he? threw off his back foot. Right? Did you see that? the The pocket was collapsing. He threw off his back foot, and the ball floated, which is why we had to go up in the air to get it. Uh, let's see, what else is on our rundown here of games in the state? Deweyville, the mighty Deweyville Pirates, who have won a couple of playoff games for the first time in a long time, uh, will meet their executioner on Friday at 7 p.m. in Huntsville when they take on the Mark Panthers. Mark is a different kind of animal. Uh, they're a team that does not belong uh, anywhere near the division that they're playing in. And what I mean by that is not so much – that they're a larger school that's playing in a classification they shouldn't be in. I mean, they're a small school that's in the right classification but just produces athletes over and over again that don't belong playing with other kids in that division. They are incredibly good. They are marked, the Mark Panthers. Let's see if there's anything else we want to say. Let's get a little bit wider in the state. Let's get out of Southeast Mm -hmm. Texas. Willis, Willis, well, the Willis – Willis and quarterback DJ Lagway, Florida commit, one of the top in the state, takes on DeSoto um, on Friday night. CE King and Hightower, we've already talked about. I'm getting there, Big Dog. I'm getting there. Alito is going to get a matchup with Red Oak. That that ought to be a pretty good ball game. I, feel, I really think
0: Alito is probably going to get Liberty Hills. Was that one team that bit one? I think it was Alito. That was Orange. Yeah, Alito. Oh yeah, they were they were good. Yeah, they're orange and
1: black. They're good and they're there all the time. Here's a good one. Richland is going to take on Forney. Richland is the team that we talked about last week, played Barbers Hill and was down 34 to 9 at halftime and came all the way back to win 48, 47 in overtime. They'll get a chance to continue their playoff run against Forney. Uh, Richland's an undefeated team. Uh, they, they more than more than belong in the spot that they're in right now, even though they had to come from behind and win last week. It's actually, in my opinion, a little more impressive. Uh, the way that they did it, because it shows that they've got some fight in them. They can get down, they can battle back, and they've got enough firepower to overcome a 23-point deficit with only half a football left to play. So that ought to be interesting. Longview is continuing on. They'll be playing Lancaster this weekend. Liberty Hill, what do we call them? The fighting what? T wing. The fighting slot T. No. Yeah, no, the, one, the most beautiful, I'll say this every time I talk about them, I is the think. most beautiful football, beautiful offense. So
0: what do you? In all of
1: football, because it's very complex, and y'all couldn't—I don't think y'all could have figured it out. Yeah, but. I didn't
0: know that we call them that. Did y'all call them that? We always like the games or
1: something. Yeah, we call them that. I call them that all the time. I called them that Sunday on the podcast. I Said, uh, "Well, just got to open your listener up, man." They're continuing on playing Corpus Christi. Flower bluff, flower bluff. Um, Huntsville's got Richmond Randall. This is a district rematch for Huntsville. They they got. Boat raced by Richmond Randall earlier in the year, but they'll get a chance to uh to avenge that loss. Let's see who else we got. Um, Iowa Colony and Tyler Chapel Hill. Jeffrey Orton's team, former Crosby coach, is continuing to press on in the playoffs there from, from Tyler. Needville's gonna get Kilgore this weekend. Car- oh, yes, probably. probably. A the best matchup in the entire state, even better than the PNG Lake Creek matchup, and it's a close race. But who is it, Jonah? Cartilage,
0: cartilage versus Tim. Te- I don't know how to pronounce it. Not
1: name. cartilage, Carthage, Carthage. The Carthage, Carthage Bulldogs. That's, that's Carthage, what I was talking about earlier. Carthage Bulldogs
0: versus the tech, Texarkana Texarkana. Texar
1: Pleasant Grove. Pleasant Grove. Yeah, so this is another matchup of top ranked teams in the state, both undefeated, both with recent. Carthage always wins the state title. Pleasant Grove has won, I think, three of the last five. And these two are matching up in round three, which feels like it feels like a bit of a tragedy that we have to get this game this early. Uh, But that game is taking place. This weekend, and man, I would get there if I could. If we didn't have, if it wasn't so far away, I would be in the stadium for this one. It should be a banger. Scott Surratt and his Carthage Bulldogs are doing what Carthage does. Josh Gibson and uh, Pleasant Grove are moving forward. Uh, The cool thing about this game, Scott Surratt, his son, uh, is the starting quarterback for the Bulldogs varsity football team. He's a sophomore, and he's quite the football player. I've been hearing about this kid since he was young. That he was up and coming, and then one day the, the keys would be handed over to him, and and now he's got it. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that's a good game. We'll be trying to tune in, or at least watching was the replay he, on Texan Live after it happens. Was
0: he that quarterback? Was he the quarterback? They when we got went to go see them, see the quarterback.
1: He was the backup last year as a freshman, but they were so far ahead in their game, he came in in the second half and played played very very well. I'm trying to see if there's anything else on here. We've already talked about Jasper. Um, yeah, I'm looking for this Duncanville game for, for Mr. Elder. Oh, Tidehaven. Shout out to Josh Magby. The Tidehaven Tigers are continuing to roll. A very strong team from South Texas. That's where the Magbys are from. They're from Tidehaven. And they're, they're going to be taking on Rogers this weekend. Now, let's see if we can find Duncanville on the chart here. I bet Duncanville plays Saturday, so let me change my date really quickly. Hang on, listeners. Talk amongst yourselves while I hunt down this Duncanville game for old uh, old Mike D. See what we can find out. The Woodlands draws the short straw, and they're going to get to play Duncanville. I don't know where that game is, Micah, but it's on Saturday, so maybe we'll make a trip.
0: But think about this. I'm I'm pretty sure one team has been Duncanville in the past two years, right?
1: What, buddy? Duncanville's
0: lost one game in the past two years. So,
1: Duncanville, uh, in the past, yeah, they've lost to DeSoto, like we talked about, in their district. Uh, DeSoto, who's a Division Two team in 6A, beat them in district this year. The game they lost before that, if I'm not mistaken, would have been not this past December, but the December before, uh, December 21, against North Shore for the state title. So, they don't lose often, uh, but, oh, and, but when they do, it's when they run into buzzsaws. Um, where's the buzz Bussaw is a really good team that's rolling. That catches them and knocks them down. Uh, the Woodlands, I don't know much about what the Woodlands has this year. I mean, obviously they're they're fairly fairly good team, but they're still playing. But uh, that-
0: I really think that may be it for the Woodlands. If if like you said, they don't run there. If Woodlands is a really good team and they've been rolling all year, then Duncanville may
1: yeah, we'll see if that's if that's in striking distance within three hours. We may make the trip on Saturday uh-uh. to go check it out. Um,
0: I've always wanted to see Duncanville play since
1: since last December. Yes. You certainly have. I'm guarantee Wait, it. Was
0: Duncanville at the? I'm kind of mad we weren't at the stadium.
1: Yeah. What, buddy?
0: Well, did y'all see Duncan play? Did y'all see Duncan play? Uh, when y'all went to the games? Yeah,
1: Duncanville for the the ten years that. Myself and Pops and Uncle Jordan have gone to the state title game. I would venture to say, I don't know this for a fact, but I feel like they were in pretty much every single one. There might have been a year or two that they weren't there, but it hasn't been very often. So Sam House dropping back third and 13, throws over the middle. He's high, knocked down, and good. We're going to fourth and 13. Cowboys holding the 20-10 lead over the Redskins with three minutes left in the third quarter. So uh, Cowboys, man, let's get some points, dude. Let's get over that 14-point threshold so I can exhale and feel a little bit better about it. Hal's pass was a little behind the receiver. Poor old Sam Howell. You know, he's a pretty good – I think he's a pretty solid quarterback. But good Lord, the commanders are a dumpster fire. That, that whole organization is an and absolute Magic, dumpster fire.
0: Wasn't it Magic Johnson
1: involved? Magic Johnson was part of the ownership group that owns them now, and they're trying to get that thing on the track. It's the first year that they've owned them, but uh, – they continued to employ Ron Rivera as their head coach, and I think they probably need to make a change after this season. Throw that 15-yard flag, man. You can't pull my boy Turpin down like that. Come on, man. Protect the guy. All right, Cowboys coming back out on offense. And with that, we will transition
0: into our
1: college football
0: preview. Yeah, our college football
1: update. This weekend is the best weekend for my money of the year. The
0: rivalry. Game weekend. That's right. So there's gonna be a lot of rivalry games, and so we're gonna start talking about them
1: now. The best college football weekend of the year, in my opinion, rivalry weekend. We will. There's some a few games on Friday. Actually, Texas plays Texas Tech on Friday na- night at six thirty. Like I feel like
0: that's gonna be a beatdown. You know. In what direction? Texas. Texas. Texas you don't
1: yet. think te- Texas? Well, you might want to. You need to apologize to your uncle.
0: Yeah. And I I do not apologize.
1: <laughs> that game's actually at Texas. I'm surprised Jordan hadn't figured out a way to come up with tickets to be in the stadium, but he may not want to, uh, to, to go watch them
0: get, see get the beat Yeah,
1: Friday night also at 7.30, Oregon and Oregon State. So we talk about rivalry weekend. There's an in-state rivalry right there. Number six, the Oregon Ducks taking on number 16. The Oregon State Beavers, led by two top-tier quarterbacks. Oregon has Bo Nix. Pr- Oregon State has DJ Agunlulaway, or whatever his name is. Came from Clemson, transferred over there after last year when his job was taken by Cade Clubnick from Texas.
0: Do they purposely set up these rivalry weekends? Yeah, they
1: set it up on purpose so that people oh. like us will get excited and so turn the games on and watch all them. They don't even
0: follow the bracket?
1: No, they're all, I mean, they're all in conference together for the most part. Wow. So, they just schedule it where really, they have rivalry weekends toward the end of the, the season. The bracket
0: doesn't matter to the playoffs. Like, it doesn't matter. No, like, it doesn't. And
1: college football is different. College football is different than our football. You have to – only four teams are going to get into the playoffs out of the whole – I, I, I know The final
0: four, but, like, I feel like this – like, the regular season doesn't matter unless you win. That's all that matters is if you win.
1: Yeah, you got to almost be undefeated in college to lock yourself in. And even if you're undefeated and you're out of the wrong conference, you can get you can find yourself being left out so now they're fixed and expand that to eight teams in the short term so that that's pretty cool uh, that'll be fun but that's not this week so let's move on to Saturday the game of the week the game of the week on Saturday kicking off at 11 a.m. Jonah do you want to tell them what it is
0: Ohio State versus Ohio State
1: versus Michigan Ohio State versus Michigan number two that's in the nation Buckeyes. Versus number three in the nation, Michigan Wolverines. Michigan's without their coach. He's still suspended from the uh, vaunted sign-stealing scandal of 2022 or whatever year it happened in. So that should be a banger, man. I'm looking forward to that. It's in Michigan this year. Last year, last year, free hardball. That's right. You can say it.
0: Free hardball. Free
1: hardball, man. Let that dude out. Let him coach on Saturday, dude. Ohio State doesn't want a cheap win without without Michigan's coach there. Gosh, darn it. you got to block somebody, Tyler. You got to, Beatus. So, anyhow, Ohio State Michigan are going to get it on early on Saturday, so that will get our eyes open to get the adrenaline flowing. And from there, we'll um, also at 11 o'clock, a and is going to play LSU. Uh, I mentioned this on Sunday, but they're trying to push that down our throat and make us think it's a rivalry, but it's I just I, I don't buy it yet. Let's see, who are we going to after we watch Ohio State and Michigan? We're going to roll on down here to the 2 o'clock games, 2.30 games. Um, Alabama and Auburn, man, the Iron Bowl, uh, some of the greatest finishes in the history of college football have taken place in this game. Auburn is, uh, uh, how do you say it? How do you kids say it? Hot garbage this year, so I'm not expecting so trash. Sure.
0: Absolutely My friend gone. at school, actually, his parents went to school at Auburn. Yeah, Easton? Yes. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that, like, he skipped some of the Auburn game to play in the playoffs, but – they went to, like, Arkansas to watch Auburn game, and he stayed with Jake.
1: Yeah, I remember his dad telling me this offseason that they um, they go catch a few Auburn games every year. I think they went to when Auburn played A&M this year in College Station. I think they went to that. So, <clears throat> Auburn has been garbage. No, man, Dak, you're still high, but a good completed pass to Brandon Cooks for a first down. But, man, you got to get those balls down before you get somebody killed.
0: All right, back to. Uh, so, anyway, uh,
1: Auburn and Alabama are going to be happening. See. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Colorado doesn't have a rivalry game this weekend. Colorado
0: versus Utah, though.
1: Yeah, you. It's I mean, you can say it if you want to. Where is it? It's a okay, Johnny, you can lean back up here and say it into the microphone.
0: Uh, Colorado versus Utah.
1: Yeah, Colorado versus Utah. Not really a rivalry,
0: but Colorado. And here's
1: another one. Here's another one that is always, always a big time game. The six o'clock kickoff. So, after we finish. With Alabama and Auburn, we'll roll over and we'll watch Florida State play Florida. Now, you may think that there's not a whole lot going on there. Florida has been a little bit disappointing this year. Uh, their season has not gone the way that everyone expected. But Florida State will be coming into this game without their quarterback. Travis Jordan uh, had an injury last week, and he's going to be out for the season. So, I feel like um, everybody's getting with Florida State going to Gainesville to take on the five and six Florida Gators, Florida State's number five in the nation, and they're vulnerable. And frankly, Jonah's got his Texas Longhorns jersey on right now. We're not Facebook Live because it's a special episode, but I'll tell you, he's got it on. Jonah, one of the best things that can happen for you as a Texas fan is for this Florida State team to lose to Florida because that opens up an opportunity for Texas to continue to go up, continue to drift north in the rankings and try to get into that college football playoff picture.
0: Yeah, if you didn't know, I'm a big Texas Longhorns fan. I like watching their games. They're like fun, entertaining.
1: So yeah. it's- C.D. Lamb on the game, just breaking in Cowboys news. Two receptions for 24 yards on the entire game today. He's averaging 101.3 yards for the season per game. You got to get him more involved, Dak. You can't just uh, – I mean, I know that the opportunities haven't presented themselves as often as, as we probably would have liked so far today, but you got to force those balls in there. And just like on that last one, that would have been about a 20-yard reception. And once again, guess whose pass was high?
0: Dak. Dak. Dak, God. Yeah, if we're
1: going to continue to win and, and head toward the Super Bowl and do the things that we want to do, you're going to have to fix that stuff, Dak. So we'll talk later. That's a legal shift. They had an illegal shift on their, uh, on their offense. All right, so um, – that's the rivalry games that we have coming up this weekend. For uh, well, and I'd be remiss if I didn't also mention that Mississippi and Mississippi State were playing in the Egg Bowl at what's six what's thirty p.m.
0: Bowl? Bowl?
1: That's the Mississippi versus Mississippi State game. It's the Egg Bowl. Why the
0: one Egg Bowl? That's just what they
1: call it. They called it that forever. Number twelve in the nation, nine and two, Mississippi against terrible five and six Mississippi State, who just fired their first year head coach. Now, what's interesting about Mississippi State? Trivia of the day, what is interesting for your father about Mississippi State this year?
0: Your uh, best friend.
1: No. You know the coach. Almost.
0: You know, you I know the, coach is the coach. I
1: kind of know him. I played, uh, my high school football coach was a, a man named Daryl Barbet. We refer to him as the GOAT. And his nephew, Kevin Barbe, who I met a couple of times when we were in high school, is a Nederland native, Beaumont area guy. He was a guy that they talked about a lot as being somebody that, you know, Lamar should have looked at hiring for their football team this offseason. And maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I don't know. They, they seem to have done well with Pete Rosamondo. But not being in the mix for Lamar, Kevin ended up taking a job with Mississippi State as their offensive know? coordinator. Uh,
0: what's his name? coach's
1: son? Tom? Huh? Your, your high
0: school coach's son?
1: My high school coach's son.
0: Uh, You played for the Vikings?
1: Uh, my Well, uh, just a quick caveat. I was in high school. It was My very first college coach, when I played at McMurray and Abilene, Steve Keenum, his son is Case Keenum. Of University of Houston fame and Minnesota Viking fame and tech now he's a backup for the Texans. He's been with the Texans a couple of times. Case has been all over, all over the NFL. And uh, when I when I was at McMurray, he was he was still in school. He was a young guy back then, running around with his dad up at the field house and stuff. So um, a bit of a caveat from college football, but nonetheless, like I said, keep an eye on Mississippi State and Mississippi gonna be probably not a good game, but I'm hoping the best for Kevin Barbet. Like I said, I don't know the guy personally, but um, going up there for one year, Josh Arnett being fired before the end of the first season, probably doesn't bode well for Kevin's chances of staying there, but the guy is an up-and-coming football coach. He's been a uh, offensive coordinator for Appalachian State. He's been all over the place. He's done lots of different things. Uh, his calling card really was that offense at Appalachian State, though, that went into College Station last year and beat A&M and really started signing the death warrant for Jimbo Fisher um, bright guy. He's got a bright future in front of him. Uh, but, you know, because of that, I'll be rooting for Mississippi State. So I think we've covered just about every rivalry game that there is to talk about in college football. So so we'll move on to discussing the NFL games that have happened so far today. Earlier today, Jonah, who did we watch while we ate Thanksgiving dinner? We
0: watched the Green Bay Packers versus the Detroit Lions at the at the beginning of the game it started it started as like the Detroit it looked like it was going to be an absolute beat down but towards the end of the game Detroit started putting some points on the board and the final score ended up being 29 to 22. The Green Bay Packers did come out with the win, but it was it, like the Detroit Lions were able to put some points up on the
1: board. Yeah, the Packers kind of let them hang around. I mean, it felt like total domination from the Packers, a lot like this Cowboys-Commanders game where it feels like the Cowboys are very much in control, but the Commanders still are hanging around within that two-score threshold, which is, in my opinion, always an opportunity for a team to come back no matter how much time is left. Packers did the same thing with the Lions. They let them hang around. Uh, That defensive front of the Packers made it really, really tough on Jared Goff today. Did you see any of that, Mike?
0: Yes, I did. Also, I I really Green Bay's defensive line, they're okay. Mm-hmm. They're better than some other NFL teams. But I also think that the Lions offensive line oh, yes. is not that good.
1: That's a very good very good thing. I haven't very good thing for you to say. I haven't seen much of the Lions this year. I know that they're they're playing great football. I mean they're six and two on the season coming into the game. They're led by Dan Campbell, who's my one of my no. Uh, what I say nine? Six. It is six. They were six and two coming into the game. They're six and three now. Uh, they're led by head coach Dan Campbell, who is one of my favorite coaches in all of the NFL. It's a former Cowboy, a gritty guy, old school tight end for Dallas, who was uh, about a, like a second option tight end, really a run game type guy, good blocker, and um, he brings a like a nastiness and a tenacity to that team. I just assumed that because of Dan Campbell that they probably had really good play up front on the offensive line, and maybe they do. I don't know. Today it's really unfair for me to paint up a certain picture of them having only seen a little bit of what they've done this year. But I was really shocked at the way they were pushed around by the Green Bay offensive line. I think Jared Goff lost three fumbles in the game, Um, you know, just from from being pressured. It, It felt like, oh, good play. Good play right there on defense, Bell. Sack. I did, yeah. He smashed Sam Sam Howell into a pile of dirt.
0: And it looked like there was a holding
1: foul on the person blocking Mike car. Yeah, so well. They, uh, they,
0: we flagged, Huh? He said
1: foul. He was yeah, he, we knew what he meant. But, yeah, it felt like Jared Goff couldn't even uh set his feet in the pocket without somebody being in his face. Pocket collapsed on him. Um Green Bay did a great job on their game plan, and, and they walked out of Detroit today on Thanksgiving with a win. And a big division win takes them to five and six. They're still a little bit behind the eight ball. They really, this game really came down to the first quarter. The Packers jumped out to a 20 to six lead in the first quarter and then proceeded to lose the game after that, 16 to nine. So uh, if it weren't for the start of the Packers and the continual turnovers for Jared Goff during the game, uh, then we may have seen a different result. Like I said, Jared Goff's numbers weren't bad. I mean, he threw for 332 yards. And two touchdowns, but uh, lost three fumbles, and I don't. It doesn't look like he threw any interceptions from what I'm seeing here. I don't remember any. Um, but nonetheless, man, it's uh, just one of those things. And and the Lions will be back to the drawing board going into next week. We got a fourth down here here for the Commanders. Fourth and one from their own thirty-four yard line with 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Sam Howell drops back to pass. He's pressured. Bang. Oh. And he's down, son. Hankins. Hankins put that smack on him, buddy. Put him into the turf. Now they're going to turn the ball over, give it to the Cowboys, deep in Redskin territory. For the love of God, can we score? Can yeah. we please get in the end zone, get this thing to 30 to 10, so we can call it a day and start partying? Man, what a pass for us. Starts off the edge with Rodgers, comes around and runs him right into Hankins, man. This is um, – this is – Obscene the way that this thing worked out. Sam Howe had no chance; he had no chance whatsoever, and it ended up with him laying in a pile of his own vomit.
0: I mean, the field. unless he did like he did earlier in the game, there was about four Dallas Cowboys oh, players that had their arms wrapped around him, and he goes under them.
1: Yeah, sweep to Tony Pollard uh, picks up about a yard and a half. I don't really understand that play too much. I don't. I don't, I don't like that play call. They run it a lot. It's a pitch. Uh, Pollard doesn't really necessarily try to get to the edge, though. He just fires up into the thing. Hey, we have a special guest here on the podcast with us today. This is, uh, football mom. How are you? I'm wonderful. You're wonderful. What are you doing? I'm
0: about
1: to go to work. Oh, we <laughs> working nights so on Thanksgiving when we're recording podcasts. You got anything to say to our audience? Nope. I'm
0: just, you know, you happy to be here supporting my football loving family. That's what I'm
1: talking about. Look at the Cowboys, baby. You tomorrow, Mom?
0: I'm so excited for the game tomorrow, and I was watching the Cowboys downstairs with Grace, so we're excited for them tonight. Yeah, Leah can't wait
1: to go watch some high school football in the cool air tomorrow at 4 p.m. Oh, man. Hey, I love you. Have a good night. Love you. Call us if you need something, okay? All right, and she's off to work, and the Cowboys are continuing to drive. A little bit of pass there from yeah. Dak Prescott, about uh, a nine-yard completion on, to what, Brandon that, Cooks. Brandon Cooks is having
0: a uh, pretty good game so far. He is
1: having a good game. He's got a long touchdown reception today and a couple other catches. He's kind of starting to come can. on. Well, so far he's done well. It's his first year with the Cowboys. He's starting to come on at the right time, though. Who
0: did he start with?
1: He's been—I think this is his fifth team. He's been with the Saints. He's been with the Texans. He's oh, been all over the place. Prescott throws, got, him. got bang. him, bang, touchdown, CD Lamb, baby. That is what you do. That's how you do it. Give me that little shimmy, CD, and look at all the old man Joneses loving on each other. Yeah, the Jones that his man. That's that Jerry his, Jones dude. That was Jerry Jones. That was Stephen Jones. That was some other unnamed Jones. That was John Paul Parker Jones. They yeah, all look the same. They all look the same. They're and all super rich. Young. Oh, they might. Go Bang down. right there, son. And that's it, boys. At thirty to ten, I'm willing to call an end to this thing. Yep. That's going to be it for this special Thanksgiving episode of the Elder Family Football Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. Exactly. Like I said, tomorrow, if you're interested in Lake Creek P and we will be going live. On our Facebook page, also, and also, if ahead. you
0: don't, if you don't watch live, there will also be a YouTube video.
1: We'll have YouTube videos up from the game. It really is. It's going to be these boys' first real experience with uh, Texas high school football uh, playoffs. They've been to the state championship games, but uh, we haven't really done a whole lot. Yeah. Bang! Two point conversion so, to C.D. Lamb, yeah, and he's yeah. out. He's one foot down. Nonetheless, uh, so we'll be going live from there. Be checking in for that, and as always, as always. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything that you would oh, like. Oh, he to... got it. He only got one foot down. No,
0: we got two. two steps. Did two he steps. Yeah. Well, we'll
1: see on the replay. We'll catch y'all up on that next week. Any he questions, said, comments, uh, concerns, anything that you would like for us to discuss on the podcast. Jonah, give him the number.
0: 256-719-3337. Three, 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 That's 256-719-EFFP.
1: That's right. Send us calls. You can text that number and we'll get your text messages. We would love to talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about on the podcast. Send us that stuff and we'll do it. That's that it, boys. Cool. Anything else to say I, before we shut this thing down? So I
0: know, I know I did promise a puppy bowl talk, but I just realized that there was no puppy bowl today. All I can say why is I looked, I don't know why, but I looked online. All I could find was uh, on February, I think it was Super Bowl, the team rough one. I don't know, but that's as much as I. Can <laughs> yeah,
1: we were thinking that they played a Puppy Bowl on the um, Thanksgiving Day on Thanksgiving Day, do. but I, they didn't this year. They only do it on the Super Bowl, so we'll uh, wait till February to talk about the Puppy Bowl. So until next time, boys, if you don't have anything else, we're ready to shut this out.
0: Um, I mean, have a great Thanksgiving.
1: Happy Thanksgiving, everyone! Thanks for listening, and happy football. Bye.